0: Thank you for what Jesus had done for us on the cross. Thank you because of the price He paid. The Bible said He made peace by the blood of the, of the cross. Thank you because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you because of the exalted Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Give you all the praise, 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 praise. I worship your name, in Jesus mighty name, amen, hallelujah, 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 glory be to God, I want to quickly reflect on the need for us to pursue more of God, and not just to pursue more of God, that we have to bring others into the reality of the glory of Christ. You know, I've always reflected that when we come to talk about Jesus Christ, there are at least five distinct things we can talk about. We can talk about the personality of Jesus, that is the person of Jesus, and actually had a personality. Those are the attributes and the the traits That distinguished him from every other person in his generation. There Jesus was a distinct person you could ever think of. Little wonder when Luke would write his greatest objective is and was to present Jesus Christ to his great intellectual Greek readers. That Jesus was a perfect imam. So we study Jesus Christ, we study his person. There's another side of Jesus we can study. We can study the glory of Jesus. There's another person we can study. We can study the power of Jesus. That's another aspect of Jesus we can study. There's another aspect of Jesus we can study. We can study the grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is great. And that reminds me of scripture in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. The Bible says that through faith we have access into the grace of God wherein we stand and rejoice with unspeakable joy. In other words, in the grace of Jesus, we are able to assess God's package for humankind. Hallelujah. In that grace of God, we assess salvation. We assess redemption. Glory be to God. In that grace, we assess God's love. But then there's another aspect of Jesus we can study. We can study the kingdom of God. Glory be to God. So there are a lot of things to study about Jesus Christ. But for this morning, I really want to focus on a very simple subject. And that is the need for us to come to find out who Jesus is. Hallelujah. We have seen this person. You no, know, I have come to observe that what so many people know about Jesus is only what the synoptic gospel writers have presented. They have not tried to press him deeper the storyline they have read about Jesus. But i do tell you that there are more things to find out about jesus christ and this time around we are going to be doing more study or you call it a gist around jesus christ our savior we can't call him our savior we don't know him It's an, an insult to us we can't say we are god's ambassador and we don't know the jesus christ that we have come to be ambassador of so we have to find out who jesus is but this very hour i really want to focus on the need to find out jesus first for yourself and second for others and maybe necessary i say this as i begin this morning that you cannot take others into the depth or into the experience you have not actually acquired yourself you can't give others what you have not had yourself What you can only provide for others, what you can only make others see are the things you have seen, are the things you have talked, are the things you have experienced. That reminds me what Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 1. He said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have touched concerning the word of life, that this word manifested from the Father and that we have seen it. He went on to write that I have written to you because you have a fellowship and that fellowship is with the Father. In other words, John wrote that look, I am bringing you into a fellowship with the Father because I have it. The point remains that what we do not are we cannot bring others into. And that's the focus of this study, this very moment. So, briefly, I'm going to read from the book of John, chapter 1. Hallelujah. I read from John, chapter 1, from verse 41. And I read through... 42. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That you reveal yourself to us far beyond we have known in our life. That the heights of understanding will be enlightened to see the glory of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. I read 41 Read John chapter 1, verse 41 and 42. 41 reads. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him we found the Messiah which is translated the Christ and he brought him to Jesus and when Jesus looks at him he said you are Simon the son of Jonah you shall be called cephas which is translated a soul now let me read verse 40 i will read through again so we can understand what the holy ghost wants us to see from the scripture it Says one of the two who heard john speak and followed him was andrew simon peter's brother this scripture explains the link of Peter, the shift of the apostle to Jesus. How did Jesus get to know Peter? Or how did Peter get to know about Jesus? The Bible tells us from this account, you are reading from John chapter 1, that Peter came to know Jesus because his own brother brought him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the forty-one again presents how Andrew, the brother of Peter, told Peter about Jesus. Hmm. You see, the fact remains that God still have giants out there who have not come into the fold. Jesus Christ told his disciples that have. A, he said, "I have other sheep." Who are not yet of this fold, but I will pray my Father that He brings them into this fold, so that we can have one fold and one Shepherd. What does that talks about? He tells us the Father that there are a lot of people out there that have not yet come to know Christ, but we are expected to tell them about Christ. And at the moment they know Christ and they come into Christ, they will become giants, just as Peter was. Hallelujah. This is the link between Peter and Jesus. And somebody brought Peter into that link. Actually, his brother told him, verse 41, we found. Verse 41 says, he found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Savior, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And he brought him to Jesus. Andrew told his brother, We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. And as a result, he was able to bring him to Jesus. What the Holy Ghost is confronting us with this very morning is that we have to find out who Jesus is. And until we find out who Jesus is, we cannot bring others into this experience. We must strive. We must pray as it were. We must fast as it were. We must do everything possible within our own means to come into a dimension of Jesus Christ that our contemporaries, our colleagues and people around us have not known and not just to be satisfied by knowing the Jesus others have not known but that we should be able to bring others into that same experience like Andrew brought his own brother Peter. Mom, then, let's entertain this question. Have you found Christ yourself? Have you found the anointed one yourself? Have you found the Messiah yourself? Because until you find him, you can't bring others to him. Until you know who he is, you can't actually present him to others. So the challenge this morning I'm bringing across you, my listener, is that there is a need for you to find out who Jesus is. Yes, I know He's the Son of God. Yes, I know that He died on the cross. Yes, I know that His blood was shed for you. And by His blood you have redemption. But there is more to that you must know. Now let me share another scripture quickly, then we pray for this morning. Then we hope that we meet again on another episode. I will read from... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that seems to be one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to the study of Christ. Now here I want to present the experience of Apostle Paul. You know, Apostle Paul's account here blows me away whenever I read it. There are two major things Paul Apostle seeks to explain in John in sorry in First Corinthians chapter 15. He tries to explain what the gospel is, number one, and number two, he tries to tell us his own share of the gospel, his own experience of the gospel, his own personal encounter and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now I read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 to eight moreover brethren i'm reading from, from the new king james version i declare to you the gospel which i preach to you which also you receive and on which you stand but which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which i preach to you unless you have believed in vain Verse 3. For I deliver to you first of all the which I have received that Christ died for our sins according to the gospel. Verse 4. And he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Verse 5. And that he was seen by Cephas then by the twelve, verse six. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the great part remained to the present, but some are fallen asleep. Verse seven. And after that, he was seen by James. Then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me. Also, he was seen by me also. As by one born out of due time. Now, I believe you follow the progression of what Apostle Paul presented. He said, look, what I knew about Jesus, I got to know at first by what was written by the scripture. Now, if you compare verse 3 and verse 8, you see that they are on the contrary side. Verse 3 said that I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. What Paul began with, he began by what he had heard people say. And what have we? What, what did he hear people say? He heard that Jesus Christ was buried according to Scripture, that he rose again according to Scripture, that he died according to Scripture. But then, when we came to verse eight, we had another account. He said, "Then last of all, he was seen by me also." In you know other words, Paul the Apostle said he prays for into knowing this Messiah. He had heard people speak about Jesus. He had heard ministers speak about Jesus. Perhaps, although in his claim, in Galatians chapter 1, he told us that he never had anybody preach about Jesus Christ because he immediately gave his life to Jesus Christ. He went to, to, to Saudi Arabia and he was there for 14 years in the wilderness. Hallelujah. But then, one thing he will confront us with, and one thing we can identify with, that everything that we have known about Jesus Christ so far are the things we've heard from people. We've heard it from our pastors. We've heard it from our Sunday school teacher. We've heard it on the street. We've read it about books. But what is the personal encounter you've had with Christ? What have you found out about Jesus by yourself? Now, I am not talking to the unbelievers. I am talking to the saints. You claim to be born again, you claim to know Jesus, you claim to speak in tongues, beside the tongue you speak, what have you found out about Jesus? Here is an apostle. And here Paul the apostle is making known to us that there is a possibility of knowing Jesus Christ far beyond books can reveal. Hallelujah. At first to him it was a thing that was delivered. But he said, look, then I found out that this Jesus Christ is not just a person that people are talking about. He's not just a person people have so much documented things about. He said, I found out that he was seen by certain people. And he mentioned him. He said, Peter saw him. The disciples saw him. 500 brethren saw him at last. And he said, I also. Can that be written of you? Everybody's having an in depth revelation of Jesus, and you also have your own revelation. Can it be said of you that you have a personal encounter with Jesus? Can it be said of you just like Andrew told this brother, We have found that Messiah? Can you say, I have found out who Jesus is? Another funny thing, Andrew did not tell Peter that he found out Jesus, he told him that he found out Jesus, and he brought Peter. That is the point. When you find out Jesus far beyond the Bible as revealed, far beyond the conventional knowledge of Jesus Christ, you will bring other people into that experience. Glory be to God, and that is what I am stooping for this season. That is, I and we press more into Jesus. How do we come about this, Jesus? We come about Him by prayers. But you want to say, "Oh, I've been praying." At least every day I still spend 30 minutes praying. No. The kind of prayer that unveils Jesus Christ to us far beyond what we used to know It's not going to be a worship prayer. It's not going to be a 15-minute prayer. It's not going to be perhaps even one-hour prayer. It's going to be a third prayer with just a single focus that we have a better revelation of Jesus. And I tell you, if you come to that dimension that becomes a king in your hand, hallelujah, Glory be to God forevermore. Glory be to God forevermore. That Jesus can be revealed far beyond what we've known before. Glory be to God forevermore. Now, let me reiterate that verse 8 of chapter 15 of verse Corinthians. Paul said, Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of time. Now, the question is, what does, or what did Apostle Paul means when he said he was born out of time? What he meant to convey to us is the fact that as at the time he had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus was no longer here, he had gone back to God. He has ascended. He never had the privilege Peter had of touching Jesus, of walking with Jesus, of eating with Jesus of walking down the alley with Jesus, of carrying the bags of Jesus. But Paul said, look, despite that fact, that I came out of the time. I came time inappropriate. I came when Jesus Christ had been revealed. I pressed into the dimension that I could see. So that Jesus Christ is no longer here is not a reason why you should not know him far beyond. You can actually know this Jesus Christ as much as the apostle knew him at which time we permit us, I will show us two more scriptures then we will pray for a deeper revelation of Jesus. Far beyond we have ever known in our life. I don't just know, I, will, I just want to stay around this scripture so that we can take all take out all the nutrients that is in it. Now let me let me ponder on verse 1, 2, 3 again. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 3. Moreover, brethren. I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. Now, Paul is talking here. That look, I am telling you about this gospel that I'm preaching to you. And Paul's aim in presenting the gospel is not just to tell you about the storylines, it is to present the gospel in presentation of the glorified Jesus. He's not just interested to bother you about the the fact that Jesus Christ died alone. He's not bothering you about the fact that Jesus Christ was buried. He's much concerned about you seeing the glorified Jesus that is seated at the right hand of God. And Paul wrote extensively on this glorified Jesus. His power, his claims, and his present position. Hallelujah. Verse 2 says that, By which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received. Can you see where he started from? He received it. You too you received it because somebody told you about him. Perhaps your pastor once spoke about him. Or perhaps one day something happened and makes you to seek that Savior. And ever since then, you've been learning about him by what you've been reading from the scripture. But well, I want to... They challenge you that you have got to press into a personal encounter of Jesus. That you can say, like John wrote in Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, the revelation of Jesus whom he gave to me, John, is servant. That you have a personal revelation of him. Paul said, look, I started out by telling people what I received. And what did I receive? That Jesus Christ died According to the scriptures, no. According to what what I saw, I was not an eyewitness like Peter and Paul. Uh, sorry, like Peter and John and James and Matthew and the rest of them. They were there when all these things happened, but I was not there. Now I have become a preacher. And what qualifies me to be a preacher was not just that because I heard those guys say it and I'm trying to iterate what they have said, but although I started out by what they said, but now I have pressed far beyond into what I have come to know by revelation. Glory be to God. That reminds me right away. What Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, that in the, that I know you've read about the dispensation of the grace that was given to me, the mystery of, of ages that have been hidden from ages have been unveiled to me. Now, the word that attracts me there so much is the dispensation, the release of the grace of God. That brings about the mystery. We can press it to God so that God release, like he released unto Paul. Mysteries about Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, as much as I do perhaps, that these mysteries are not meant for Christ. They are meant for us. Jesus told his, his, his disciples that it is given unto them and even us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Hallelujah. You can't know the king, the mist of the kingdom, without knowing the king of the kingdom. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. And then he said, And that he was seen by Cephas. So he moved away from what the scripture has said to a personal encounter. He was seen. Now, who is this Cephas? This is the same Cephas who read that andrew brought to jesus hell glory somebody brought him to jesus he walked with jesus during his early ministry then jesus christ died then after jesus christ died peter sought to see jesus never forget when certain disciples came the female disciples Mary, the Marys came to tell them that Jesus Christ had risen. Never you forget, was Peter that ran to the tomb seeking Jesus? You would not find him until after eight days Jesus Christ appeared to them in the house where they locked themselves in. My challenge to you, brother, is that you cannot present Jesus to people if you have not known him, I mean, if you have not actually breaks into his presence there are much to share on the scripture but i think if i've said this i've said it all it could be very simple but i want to challenge you there is a need for us to know more of jesus the greatest challenge of this hour is our ignorance about the person the glory you know i was studying the person of jesus i was blown away about his compassion for humanity, about his service for humanity, about his art for humanity, not living the work of redemption, alone, no. just the personality of Jesus, the person of Jesus, so committed to man, so committed to, to capacity building. I have to know that kind of Jesus. And you know the fun is, when you begin to score the life of Jesus, begin to find the meaning of your own life, because the Bible told us that Jesus Christ is the image of God. And Romans chapter 8 told us that he has destined, he God had a plan to make our life conform to that of the Son, in other words, that He wants us to pattern, to live out our life according to how Jesus lived. So in other words, one of the ways to fulfill a purpose, to appropriating is to find out who Jesus is by person, by glory, by power, by grace, by virtue, by compassion, and then position ourselves to be that thing. Hallelujah forevermore hallelujah forevermore now let me leave the scripture let me just show you two scriptures more I, I I'll do that very quickly so that we can actually pray for very few minutes But very, very few minutes then we call it a deal on this episode I will read from 1st John chapter 1 I will read from verse 1 I will jump to verse 3 I read. I'm there already. I'm making some sure of the New King James Version. The which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. Look at what John is talking about. Is that I want to present to you? The which we have heard about. What is that? He said that which is from the beginning. I never forget what he wrote in John one one. In the beginning was the world. So that we want to present to you the reality of the world. We didn't just we didn't just read about it. We didn't just uh, hear rumor about it. We didn't just walk with him and we found out that this Jesus Christ is a deception. What's a deception. Say no. He said, "Look." He said, "We walked with it and we handled it. We touched the surface. We felt it and we discovered that it was genuine." And this discovery. Brought John to the platform or brought him to the point that he wants to bring everybody into that experience. I'm going to show you that from the scripture. That the end result of our knowledge of Christ is not just to brag about the knowledge, it's not just to blast in dunk, it's to bring people into this consciousness. I've been praying and pleading with Jesus that more than never before His glory God, my soul Hallelujah That is the goal of heaven That which was from the beginning Verse 1 again Which we have heard Which we have seen with our eyes And which we have looked upon And our hands have handled Concerning the word of life The life was manifested And we have seen it Glory be to God they didn't just hear about it. You have heard about Jesus. Have you seen it? Scriptures are exploding my spirit right away. But there's no time to put them through. We've got to press into that intimacy where we can see Jesus. Hallelujah. I was reading um, 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 Hebrews chapter 9, in the holiday day, and I saw that God's intention for us is to press into the holiest of holies. And the Bible told us what to we'll find in that arena of holiest of holy. Glory be to God in the highest. It's an arena that folds interactions with the shared beings. is beyond church meetings. If beyond fellowship with the brethren, find good, we need all these. But far beyond the congregational knowledge of Jesus, you must have a personalized, a personified knowledge of Jesus. And until you have that, you can't bring other people into it. John said, The life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness, and we declare to you that internal life which was from the Father. And was manifested to, to us that this eternal life that seems to be intangible to, to people have been tangible to us because we touched it. Now, what he interests me the most, and that's the scripture. I'm going to stop with them. We we'll see the last scripture, then we'll pray. Verse 3 says, That which we have seen. Now, can you see what I started with? John now said in verse 3, That, we, that which we have seen and I we declared unto you glory to God glory to God forevermore I said it when I started that is only that which you have seen, you've been able to touch, you've been able to undo. that about Jesus is that which you are able to communicate. John said that that which we have seen, that which you have touched, is what we reveal unto you, is what we declare unto you, is what we make known unto you, and what's that? That you may have fellowship with us. And what is that all about? And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Can you, can you hear that? That there is a fellowship. And that fellowship is with the Father. You can't get it helps you a brother. You can't have it um, just 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 by praying for five minutes, although that is the is a good place to start from, but year for years, I pity you. I pity you waste your life. You will never apprehend that which God wants you to apprehend. You will never maximize the purpose of redemption. And little wonder you say Christians, they profess to be Christians, they are still frustrated. They profess to be Christian the wind of the vicissitude of life blows over them, and they feel the chilling coldness. Why? Because we've got a little knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. And who is this Christ? The anointed. The anointed. I never forget you. There's the anointed that lifts your body. It's the anointed that lifts your yoke. How can that anointing work for you? You have not pressed it to know in it. Now the last scripture that we'll pray. That God will expand our knowledge of Jesus. That we come into the depth of God we have never come into in our life before. That God we anoint our spirit will reveal his soul to us as, as, as we have never known in our life before. Hallelujah. Now let's quickly read it. From John chapter 16. Hallelujah hallelujah oh i mean matthew i'm very sorry please permit me Chapter 16 we're going to read from verses 13, 13 through 19 because of the time let me pick selectively or let me narrow the scripture you can look it up yourself here Jesus Christ asked the disciples what people said about him and when they have submitted their opinions he asked him what have you known about me that present two things to us there are two sources of knowledge about Jesus number one what you have had people say about him and that's why we have to be challenged all a good number of us have come to understand about Jesus is what we've heard what people is what we've heard people say of him we have no personal knowledge of him and number two is what we have come to know of him as a result of revelation because after the submission see first the same person we've been studying from the beginning of the first scripture we saw Said, look, I have come to know you not as a person my brother brought me to, but as a person that he they anointed. You are the Messiah, and Jesus Christ told us where this kind of knowledge came from. He said it comes as a result of revelation. I read verse sixteen and seventeen of Matthew chapter sixteen. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Now look at Jesus' responses. Listen to it. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So there's what the father can reveal, and there is what the people are saying about Jesus. What the Father can reveal about Jesus is revelational. And I want to challenge you to press into it. Now, there is a bonus that comes with what the Father reveals. Jesus said that, because you have come to know this, I will give you a key. In other words, when we come to the knowledge of Christ, by revelation, it does not just come as a knowledge. It comes with a key that opens the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. So I dare put it through to you that there is more of Christ, you know. It's inexhaustible. I've got to press to Him. So let us pray. I want to just pray and tell Father that He should reveal His Son to you far beyond you have known. You've heard things about Him. You've known things about Him from what you've heard preachers say. You've heard preachers say you've known things about him from what you've read from books from where you from what you 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 read from your bible what well, can you begin to ask the lord to take you to a deeper revelation of him to take you up high the hill where the glory of jesus christ and God, your spirit in the name of jesus the lord this time around you will bring us to a depth of your glory into the depth of your son in the name of jesus That will come to know Jesus Christ far beyond what men can describe to us and for us in the name of Jesus. That our knowledge of Christ be fruitful in the name of Jesus. That will come to understand your will about Jesus. That will come to know him so intimately in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heaven and Father. Thank you for this time with you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Now, let me pray. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise. Thank you, because you are great for heaven, Mom. Thank you because of giving your son to us for the sole purpose that we may come into his full knowledge. We pray that you will lead us into this knowledge in the name of Jesus, and by this knowledge we will bring others to know you. In the name of Jesus. The word of the Lord made us understand that this is eternal life that we may come to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom we have sent. That this scripture will be fulfilled in our life. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Hallelujah. I remain um, King Abayomi. Uh, moreover, I want to tell you, if you want to learn more about this Jesus Christ, I have um, three classic work, works on, on Jesus Christ and formal books. You can. Uh, search out for them on Amazon. The first is titled, The Jesus You Never Knew. The second is titled, Why Men Can't See God. And the third is titled, The Lordship of Jesus. They are wonderful materials. They are good for you. And they reveal far beyond what we have discussed this morning. Thank you. God bless you. Um, till I come your way in the next episode. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. in jesus my name i pray amen hallelujah i want to bless god for this evening again and then for keeping us through this season although it had been a turbulent time in the world but god has just been faithful and i really want to appreciate god for this season on the face of the head because supposedly or by expectation you should afford us more time with God especially for those of us who have not resumed resume work fully or who are working partially on a job. I think uh, people should have more time to themselves to reflect on, um, on the word of God and some of the things God is giving them to do. So I want to encourage you to spend more time with God this time. This is the time you should prioritize the need to seek God for clarity on some of the things you've been having notions and impressions he's calling you to do. Hallelujah. All right, I want to promise you I'm going to do four tracks or four episodes on the issue the Lord will help me to... Address tonight, and that is what I call uh, I titled the pillars of the Christian faith. The pillars of the Christian faith. You see, many people out there are saying many things about the gospel. In fact, young preachers are coming up now teaching things, and bless God for those powerful teaching. But you know, like Miles Brown say, wrote or said the one purpose is not known abuse is inevitable except you know what is on God's mind what we are all saying about him does not matter what actually matters is what was and what is still on God's mind when he sacrificed the son Jesus Christ because when you look at it you see the gospel message of today is just so not aligned. You see, too many things that are not gospel, that are not the content of what God wants to bring humanity to, mixed up in the gospel. Although they are good ideas, but they are not a core gospel. But I'm coming up with this episode in order to teach people. I hope this episode will come into the hands of a minister somewhere. And God by his grace and mercy will be able to steer within them and a hunger to go back to research God's intention for the gospel. There are intentions. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us God, have, God has intentions. He has. He wants us all to grow to the stature of Christ. He wants us all to be fully matured. He want us all to be children, not those to and fro by every winds of teachings or doctrines. So in order for us to come to have this experience, there is a need for us to understand the pillars of the Christian faith. Now, when I say the pillars, I really mean the major thing that should be our focus. Actually, you know that we can't do without the Holy Ghost. By it, we became born again. He's the one that convinced us of sin. And by it, we are able to recognize, identify, and appreciate, and embrace, and receive the love and the life God has for us. Glory to God. But then, as we come to the Christian faith, we should not just know that we are coming to God. We should know four things we should focus our mind on. What is God trying to do? Like I've heard ministers say, that if the sole essence of the gospel is salvation, then after men became born again, they should be transited. And that is correct. That you are not transited is the fact that God had intention for you. And that intention is in twofolds one, because you have your natural lifespan to stick complete. And number because, two, he wants you to bring people into God's knowledge. You see, one of the great, there are two challenges combating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number one is the definition, the clarity of terms and meanings. Number two is ideologies that have stood the way of making people to see Jesus Christ. If there's anything God intends for us, He wants us to know His Son. He wants us to see His Son. But now, let's quickly talk about it. What are the pillars of the Christian faith? There are not many. By the grace of God, I've been able to find four. Four. And if we walk on these four, oh, glory to God, we have heaven and earth. Now, let me quickly say this. Prosperity, material prosperity. Is not part of God's agenda for the new creature. And I'm saying this with all assurance and understanding of the word of God. Does God want us to be poor? No. But his goal is not material wealth. His goal is eternity. First John chapter 4 says that this is the promise that has promised us. Even eternal life. Glory to God. God wants to show us lending our life that after it ends here on earth, He wants us to continue it with with Him. So, world is not part of the deal. Healing is not part of the deal. Although those are are, are needed because they, they serve as bonuses or side attraction or a way by which God manifests Himself through signs. But now we've seen People build the ministry on science. Look at the teaching of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at something there. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. We want to see the fact that some of the things we told for. Or oh, we stood for, and we pray about us so passionately that God will do for us. And the generative He has set it for everybody equally. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now we read from Matthew chapter five. I mean, chapter five. Jesus is teaching the attitude. Let me read from verse forty-three. Yeah, Jesus Christ wants to talk about the nature, the nature of God. Then he explains it by telling us how God does and relates with people. Now, how is that done? I read from Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. See God. Say you have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your neighbor. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be the son of your father. What is about the father? He makes his son rise upon the evil and the good and send rain on the just and the unjust. What does that tell us? There are things God has permanently appointed, apportioned, allocated for creatures, for humanity. Whether they are saved or they are not saved. World is one of them. Healing is one of them. But... We've got to know that there are some things that make the gospel apart, that we can't get it anywhere. There are things in the gospel that that cannot be gotten anywhere. There are four of them. I've not heard anyone discuss it before. And why? Because people have addressed the gospel by referential discourse from the Bible. Let me explain what I mean. The fathers, the Lord made to mentor us, to raise us. Some of them gave their life or they received the life of God at the middle of their age. When God called them and decided they missed it with little Word of God. So when they were studying the Bible, they read the Bible and they come across a reference, they pick that reference, they preach by eight. They only refer that reference. And most of the reference they are referring, it suits the message that we are preaching, but most of them are out of context. And when they handed the gospel to us, we picked it that when we are quoting scripture, we are quoting scripture, although very accurate in the context of what we are saying, but it's out of context is the Word of God. But bless God, some of us came to know Jesus Christ very well, and we've been studying the Bible for years. And I begin to study contextually and by the revelation the inside of the Holy Ghost, we found out that there is a pattern, just like in the Old Testament, that God was doing things according to a pattern. There is a pattern God is building on. And those patterns are from basic pillars in the gospel. So I'm going to use four episodes to explain those pillars. One episode to each. Now, what are they? Let me mention them and give a quick summary of each. Number one pillar of the gospel is faith. And that's the foundation. That's our beginning with God. That's where God kickstarted us. Romans chapter 5 verse 3 says that... Okay, let me read. I don't want to quote by heart so I can be more accurate. Hallelujah. Romans chapter five. I'm reading verse three. I mean came. Verse three. All right. Okay, let me read from verse two. It says, through whom also we have access into his grace by faith. I read, Romans chapter 5 verse 2. Through whom, that is through Jesus Christ, we also have access by faith into grace. In other words, faith is an access into God's package called grace. It is not an act. And I will show us more scriptures in other episodes. To teach faith, and perhaps we can down now then move on to types of faith. Although I wouldn't want to stoop on the foundation of types of food or types of faith, I rather want to talk about faith as our connector with God. It's not an act. That's what I've seen people teach in on pulpits. That if God have faith to receive something, faith does not help us to receive something, faith is what connects us to God Himself. Number two pillar I found out is love. And if you are conversant, and I know you are, with contextual expressions of scriptures, you see that the apostles, all the writers of the Epistles, Apostle Paul, Apostle James, Apostle Peter, and Jude, Basically, we address the love of God. And when we talk about love as a pillar, it has three facets. Number one, God's love for us. Number two, our love for God. And number three, love for brethren. In fact, Apostle, Peter, Apostle John taught that extensively in 1 John chapter 3 and 4. He claims that if we say we love God, we don't love the brethren, then we have not loved God. So we've got to teach this really good there are a lot of teachings on the love of God there are a lot of teaching on the grace of God in fact grace is not the pillar grace is just the scheme there are a lot of teachings about faith but may we trust the Holy Ghost to help us understand let me mention the other two then we'll pray the third one I have not heard people speak about which is where fear exists or what the Bible Often called the ministry of the saints, welfare. We see that all through scriptures, Jesus Christ taught. In Matthew chapter seven, verse one, He said that when you do your charitable deeds, ensure that it's not done such that men sees it. In Acts chapter six, chapter six, we saw the apostle giving to the welfareism of the people, which is a pillar. And number four is hope. I have not heard people. It's not hope that you are going to receive something all. No. That is the intention of the gospel. That is the core major focus of the gospel. We call it the hope of salvation. Of the hope of resurrection. And these scriptures that talks about hope, that talks uh, about what God is looking for when he brought us to Christ, have been preached to mean the mundane promises of God. They are never. So in the subsequent episode, we shall be looking at these four pillars. Thank you for listening. Please um, study all along. I'll be calling up scriptures. on this regard, please let's study them. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Till I come your way, I am sure back in Thank you.